Sportages. Sport gets smarter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sportages cast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you're tuning in from. Our guest today, well, he is a former squash player, one of the most accomplished international squash referees, the chairman of the Squash Rackets Association of Zimbabwe, and most recently, he was elected as the president of the African Squash Federation. Lucky Mlilo, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate uh, being invited to the show. It's it's great to have you here, Lucky. And look, before we get into, obviously, uh, your election and what the work you'll be doing, can you run everyone watching and listening through a little bit about your career within the game? So you've done so many things in squash. We'd love for the man himself to break it down. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yes, uh, as you rightly uh, indicated, um, uh, I started uh, playing squash uh, in uh, 2004, but uh, that was uh, at a late uh, stage. And uh, I played uh, from uh, the sixth league up until the first league. Um, and uh, just a correction, I'm still playing squash. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, I still play first league squash uh, in Zimbabwe at a local club called the Queen Sports Club. It's quite uh, well known for hosting uh, cricket matches. And uh, then uh, I got uh, into coaching by uh, accident. That was uh, 2007 uh, in Malawi. I had gone to play in the Malawi Open. And uh, after playing, I was asked to referee some uh, games and I did well. Uh, people were happy, and uh, then in 20, 2009, I went to Namibia as a player representing Zimbabwe. I also went there and refereed a few matches, and uh, then uh, I was encouraged by uh, a colleague uh, who's into coaching. His name is Mashumba Mkumba. He asked uh, if I could uh, be interested in uh, being a referee. I said yes. He said, why don't you attend some of the World uh, Referees Conferences? And I certainly did that. Uh, by attending one in uh, Paderborn in Germany. And uh, I also attended another in Jordan. Um, and uh, I've refereed at uh, all levels, club level, national level, the all Africa juniors and uh, seniors championships. I have been the tournament referee since 2012. I've refereed at uh, the men's world championships in Germany, in uh, France. I was also the um, championship referee at the World Juniors in Namibia. I've also refereed at uh, PSA uh, matches in uh, El Gona and um, at the Giza in um, Cairo, Egypt. So that is uh, the refereeing uh, aspect. But administratively, I would say I've been an administrator since I started playing squash in 2004. Uh, when I joined the Queen Sports Club, I became uh, the captain. So I was in charge of organizing tournaments, organizing tours. We even went to Botswana. And uh, then um, I rose to the um, executive committee of uh, the province uh, where I uh, became the vice president. So um, then from there, I got into the national uh, executive uh, and uh, I've been the, uh, uh, the, the chairman of the Squash Rackets Association since um, uh, 2012. And uh, then uh, I became uh, the uh, vice president of um, the Squash Federation of Africa. And um, this is my eighth year. Uh, and uh, I then rose uh, and ascended to the position of uh, president. 
Wow. So <laughs> uh, you've done essentially everything in the game. Uh, <laughs> so I think that depth and experience, obviously the breadth and depth of everything that you've done uh, ties in really well with the fact that you are now uh, the president. And what will that role involve? I know that before we started the, the cast, you were telling me that, you know, you're having a lot of meetings, there's a lot of media, but what will the role as president uh, involve for you? Yeah, well, what uh, it uh, entails is that um, I'm leading um, in a continent uh, that um, has uh, close to 30 countries that are playing squash. Uh, what happened was that uh, last year, as of last year, uh, squash in Africa had uh, really uh, hit uh, rock bottom, and uh, we only had uh, four countries that were paid up. But uh, through my efforts and uh, other members, uh, we managed uh, to uh, get uh, 20 countries um, when we went for the AGM this year. So we've got a good program where we are um, uh, talking to African countries that are playing squash on a social basis. We are assisting them to come up with formal structures so that they can uh, establish um, proper structures, uh, executive committees, uh, leagues, uh, competitions, and uh, also uh, look at the grassroots levels, which is uh, schools. That is where we can tap um, talent from. Um, so it means I'll be presiding um, over the affairs for the next four years. And uh, it is my uh, hope that um, by then, uh, we should have uh, close to 40 countries that will be playing squash in Africa. Africa has uh, 55 countries, and uh, if we can get 40 countries playing squash, uh, I'll be uh, a very happy man. Yeah, absolutely. Look, let's hope so, Lucky, uh, that that does happen. You know, uh, always room for the sport to grow and sort of captivate the audiences and the mind of the fans. Um, you talked a little bit about sort of grassroots activation and tapping into sort of youth participation. What are some of the key areas that you'll be focusing on as president, as president of the Squash Federation of Africa? Uh, basically, there, there are quite a number of key areas that uh, I will be focusing on. Uh, just before the elections, uh, I had uh, a manifesto that I used and uh, it had uh, nine points uh, that I was looking at. Uh, uh, I'll quickly go through those uh, eight point, nine points. Uh, the first point was uh, to create uh, solid and sustainable uh, working relation uh, through collaborating with uh, member nations. And uh, this is what uh, we've already started doing. The second point was uh, to strive for the implementation of uh, best practices uh, by learning from uh, our mother body, which is the WSF, uh, PSA, and other regional federations already. I'm uh, working closely with uh, the Pan-African uh, Federation. I'm also working closely with the uh, French uh, Squash Federation as well. The third point I had was to develop a strategic plan. Uh, definitely for these uh, next four years, we need um, a proper roadmap. We haven't had um, a, a strategic plan uh, since uh, I joined um, the SFA. So we are working on that and uh, we will align it to the WSF uh, vision and mission. And uh, then the fourth uh, item I had uh, on my manifesto was to develop a good uh, governance. Uh, and here I'm looking at having uh, things like audited uh, accounts on an annual basis. We haven't had uh, them in uh, almost uh, 12 years. 
And uh, the fifth point that I'm looking at is um, the resurrection of um, and promotion of um, key events like uh, the All Africa Juniors and Seniors. Uh, definitely 2022, we should have uh, the seniors um, in Zimbabwe and uh, hopefully Mauritius will host the juniors. Uh, already we are working uh, this year to host um, an African uh, juniors tournament uh, in Cairo in honor of uh, the late President Hani Hamuda. Uh, we hope that uh, we will have uh, at least six countries, but uh, I'm assured uh, that uh, we'll get uh, as close as 10 countries. Uh, the sixth item that I had on my um, manifesto was the increase in financial stability. Uh, the SFA has um, been relying on subscriptions, uh, which uh, is not much in terms of um, sustaining the organization and uh, the money that we get from uh, SPIN. Uh, so those are the two um, uh, streams of revenues uh, where we have been uh, getting our income. And uh, what has been happening is that uh, we've just been allocating those monies uh, towards um, uh, coaching, where we send uh, expert coaches uh, to um, needy countries. Uh, but uh, what we've said, uh, we need to operate uh, more commercially where we can um, enter into strategic partnerships with um, uh, big corporates uh, in the world uh, so that uh, we can have more income uh, coming through our way. And that way we will be able to uh, uh, do a lot of programs uh, in uh, all corners of Africa. Uh, and uh, then the uh, seventh um, item that I looked at was uh, the increase in coaches and referees. We are closely following the WSO um, for referees, and uh, we will uh, certainly introduce uh, the program to all corners of Africa so that we have um, qualified uh, coaches and qualified referees. Uh, we know with the exception of Egypt and South Africa, they do have um, quite a number of uh, qualified uh, coaches in uh, those uh, two areas. Uh, I'll just give you an example. Zimbabwe, for instance, I'm the only uh, uh, international referee in Zimbabwe, so <laughs> we really need to work hard. And uh, then the eighth yeah. uh, point that I looked at was to increase uh, capacity and uh, diversity through the promotion of uh, Squash 57. I've uh, already talked uh, to my friend Patrick Osborne and um, Loli Gillen uh, on this issue, and uh, definitely there are just about two or three countries that are playing Squash 57 in Africa, but um, I'm sure by the end of next year we should have quite a number of countries. And uh, then the, the, the ninth uh, point uh, on my manifesto was uh, the lobbying of uh, inclusion of uh, Squash in um, multi-sports. Uh, we are already working on um, with uh, the Ghana uh, lo um, local uh, organizing uh, committee. Uh, to have squash uh, played uh, in 2023 when they host uh, the the All Africa Games, which are now called Africa Games. So hopefully uh, we will be paying a visit. Uh, I'm working closely with the um, WSF CEO. Uh, basically, that uh, was my vision that I put on the table, uh, the vision and strategy uh, during my tenure. Yeah, that sounds like a very, very big job, Lucky. And I think... Uh you know, a man of your experience, well, let's, we'll hope that, you know, you are able to do uh, this and, you know, grow the sport in the region. And I wish you all the best on that front. Uh, what, you know, I find interesting and, you know, it's obviously something that you can see throughout the, the sort of key points that you've just raised there is that when you, when you think of Africa as a whole continent, the, it's a powerhouse in terms of growth and potential both 
at an economic level, everyone talks about this at a political, social level. Everybody talks about, you know, the growth and potential in Africa. Uh, when we think of sport, the true, really the only sport in Africa that sort of seeps through each and every diverse uh, culture and uh, nation and identity is football. And then, you know, sort of cricket to another extent. When it comes to squash, there's really only, I'd say, Egypt and then perhaps to an extent, South Africa. Uh, what do you think, if you expand on some of the points that you touched on, needs to be done to the, grow the game in other parts of the continent? So, you know, places like Zimbabwe or you spoke about uh, Malawi previously. So in other other areas within within the continent, what, how... Do you see yourself sort of uh, expanding on these key points across your strategic vision? Uh, thank you, uh, Zushan. Uh, yes, um, I'll give you an example. In Zimbabwe, squash was uh, has been uh, perceived as an elite sport, and uh, that um, you find that uh, most uh, schools do not have squash court. Uh, we do have what we call the former Group A schools uh, that had squash courts. But uh, over the period, those squash courts uh, have been uh, lying idle and some are in a dilapidated state. So what, what we intend to do or what we are rather doing uh, is uh, we've gone to the schools uh, to speak to them so that uh, we create awareness of uh, the sport called squash. I've even said uh, to, to, to most of uh, my uh, participants at uh, these workshops that uh, at one time squash was um, voted the number one healthiest sport uh, by the Forbes magazine, ahead of um, sports like uh, football, rugby, cricket. So I'll say that there are benefits. Um, and uh, what we are doing, we are having awareness campaigns. And um, obviously, these awareness campaigns, uh, we need to mobilize uh, financial resources. And uh, this is why um, I've come up with um, uh, committees. We've uh, come up with five committees since um, our election. And uh, these committees, one of the, those committees is called the Commercial and uh, Business Development uh, Committee. And this is a committee that uh, is looking at mobilizing finances. And uh, then we do have um, uh, a committee, the Championship and the Development Committee. And this is the committee that will be running along with uh, development programs, uh, both in uh, coaching and uh, refereeing. And uh, then we do have uh, other committees uh, like Ethics and the Compliance Committee. And uh, then uh, the Finance and Audit Committee, obviously, when the uh, finances are there, we need uh, proper the amount to be, the, the money is to be accounted for in a proper way. So basically, we are, are um, coming up with awareness programs. And uh, if you look at um, our presence on social media, we have been uh, present uh, in terms of Facebook, but uh, already we've got a, an IT expert that uh, will head one of uh, our committees, which is the IT and marketing. He's uh, rebranding uh, everything. We are coming up with a new website. We will be having uh, Twitter, we will be having Instagram. So we will be quite active uh, in terms of, um, on the social uh, uh, platform as well. So that, that is our thrust uh, for the time being. I think that's great. I'm all for digital activation. So obviously being at Sportages, that is a bit of a natural part of what we do. But I think that is a fantastic way to really sort of bring in the youth and uh, attract a lot of those people who do 
sort of, you know, spend a lot of the times on a phone. Um, so great work there, Lucky. Look, and coming to Zimbabwe in specific, of course, when I think of Zimbabwe, I think of, you know, football and cricket. Um, squash seems really far away. Obviously, um, you know, squash does come to a lot of countries like my own co- country of origin, Pakistan, through colonialism. So there are always sort of, uh, it exists in pockets like that around the world where, if you know, it's been played and Zimbabwe has a similar case. But um, what have been some of the challenges of growing the game there in Zimbabwe? You know, of course, you've already got a saturated market. Uh, sport has seen a lot of difficulty due to obviously, you know, general socio-political situations. Um, how does it work with squash? What needs to be done to continue to grow the game there? And of course, not to mention, you know, COVID and the pandemic and everything that uh, everyone is going through. Okay, um, Zimbabwe, uh, in terms of uh, squash, uh, the, the, the share, it's actually, we, we have a soccer, uh, that is the leading sport, uh, followed yeah. by uh, cricket, uh, rugby, and then after rugby, yes, uh, squash uh, comes in fourth. Uh, squash has not done very bad, but uh, what has hampered uh, growth and development uh, in Zimbabwe is um, the resources. Uh, as I've indicated, uh, we do have um, a number of uh, squash courts uh, at schools uh, that need to be refurbished. Or, uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we, we, we do not get um, any uh, budget from the fiscus. Uh, what we are trying to do is uh, we are working with the corporate world so that uh, we can have uh, these squash courts um, in good condition. Uh, and uh, then uh, we can be able to um, introduce it uh, at school level. We do have uh, a few schools that uh, still have uh, proper squash courts. And uh, these uh, schools also participate in our leagues. Uh, we do have uh, the Matabeleland uh, League and Mashonaland. These are provincial leagues, and uh, we do have schools that are participating. So that, that, that is good for us. But what we are saying is that uh, we need to work uh, with the corporate world so that we can introduce uh, squash courts um, in the high-density areas where there are no squash courts. Uh, there is quite uh, hidden talent there, which uh, we can uh, try and tap and uh, bring on board uh, into squash. So we, we, we are basically working with um, the, the corporate world. Um, we know the government resources are strained and uh, with, the co- the, with, the, um, uh, with COVID-19, uh, the, 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 their finances are quite strained and um, there, there's very little they can allocate uh, to sports. We've seen that um, living with uh, soccer, cricket and rugby. Uh, they have to get um, uh, income from other revenue streams uh, rather than uh, from the fiscus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lucky. Um, it sounds, you know, it, it's fascinating and it's great to see that someone as dedicated, passionate as yourself with all this vast experience in the sport is now sort of leading the pack. So that's going to be really, really interesting to see how things develop. I now wanted to shift the conversation a little bit to a bit about your own personal experiences, having done so many diverse things across the world of squash, um, you know, playing the game coaching it, refereeing, and then, of course, the administration side of things. How, you know, someone who, let's say I'm a squash player, professional squash player, and I, and I envision sort of following a path that, you, that you've taken, uh, 
what are what were some of the skills that you learned over the course of doing these diverse set of things and how were you able to sort of transfer those across to you know now becoming president of uh the squash federation of africa um i think what uh, that is done uh, it has just given me a wealth of experience um as you've uh, said uh, i've been a player i've been an administrator a referee I think the only thing that I, I haven't done officially is uh, being a coach. But uh, I'll tell you that um, I have coached uh, quite a number of people that have never played squash in their lives and they're good players now, but I'm not a certified coach. So what, what that did, um, uh, it contributed a lot uh, uh, for me to get to where I am now. Uh, because what it means as a leader, I do understand um, players are concerns. I do understand the referee's concerns. Uh, I recall uh, in times when I'm playing squash as a player, and uh, there are certain decisions that I find that the referee would not have um, uh, done well. I, I normally argue and say, but uh, let me give you an example. You know, I'm now using my <laughs> position as a referee. So it has uh, just come in as an added advantage for me that wealth of experience. I now relate uh, with um, players, coaches, uh, administrators across the world. And uh, even when uh, I, I got uh, the position of president, I was getting uh, messages, congratulatory messages from players from other countries and uh, referees, coaches. So that that is uh, just uh, come as an added advantage. Um, and uh, I think it will help me to understand uh, the sport of squash uh, very well. Absolutely, absolutely. But of course, with uh, with all those great things, lucky they're all often, of course, and you know it can't have happened without any sort of challenges. Uh, and you know, on this sort of road and journey, and while the journey isn't completed by any means, you got four years ahead of you uh, to you know make your mark on this front, and then you know even beyond that in the future. Um, what have been some of the challenges for you personally uh, across this journey so far? And how have you sort of overcome them? And are there any in specific that you sort of want to highlight? Yeah, there, there has been quite a number of challenges. Uh, and uh, the biggest challenge has been the issue of uh, financial resources. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, going to most of these um, international uh, Ref, uh, for these uh, international tournaments where I was referee, most of the time I would um, sacrifice my uh, own savings to attend uh, these um, uh, refereeing uh, tournaments and uh, even getting assessed, uh, I would uh, use my own money. And uh, then the, the, the other challenge uh, as an administrator that I've also encountered is um, the issue of uh, times language. You know, Africa is uh, a... Is quite a huge continent and uh, I found out that um, there are certain countries that are not English speaking and uh, what I did uh, just before the AGM uh, I um, noticed that we have some uh, francophone countries that had come on board and I said uh, to the World Squash Federation um, CEO that uh, we need to have uh, an interpreter during our AGM so our AGM was conducted in English and it was also conducted in French and uh, what uh, we've also done uh, as a, a new executive, uh, we've um, uh, interpreted our constitution, which was uh, in English. We now have a copy in uh, French. 
So we are catering for other uh, countries. And as I've indicated, that language uh, has also been a barrier. I had uh, to undergo some French lessons um, a few months ago, and uh, I'm glad that I can now communicate uh, in French as well. That's that's fantastic, and um, it's it's so important that in you know in a in a continent as diverse and rich in culture as Africa, uh, you are sort of emphasizing the importance of that diversity and really looking at how uh, you know different uh, countries and regions may interact and engage. So, look, Lucky, uh, I really really wish you all the best, and you know, congratulations once again. Uh, on becoming president of Squash Federation of Africa. And for everyone watching and listening, I think, as you heard Lucky mention, they are going to be super active on social media. So be sure to go and follow them. And, you know, we'll also have uh, Lucky's social media profile linked in the description or caption below. So if you think there's some work that you can do with Lucky and the Federation, feel free to get in touch. Uh we at Sportages will always be around to support. Lucky, thanks so much for coming on once again and, you know, wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much, uh, Jushan. It's uh, been an honor and a privilege uh, to be invited as uh, your guest. Uh, thank you so much. The honor is mine. The honor is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs>